Hey there everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and today in episode 5 of our six-part series on my personal no BS military stories with a survival twist, we're going to talk about your dogs. And I'm not talking about our four-legged friends. Check this out. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, welcome everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat that you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And starting last month, I've been taking this personal walk down memory lane with a six-part series where I'm sharing my stories from my days in the military where I've learned valuable survival lessons that I think will provide some insights for you that could literally save your life in a disaster or a crisis. Now, we have only two stories left, and I'm saving the best for last. But this week, I wanted to get past a lot of the BS that I see online about Worst case bug out scenarios where it's just you and your backpack trying to make it to safety and some strategies that will help you get there safely. Now, in episode 138 entitled No Chopper Syndrome, I shared my stories for praying for an easy helicopter ride back to base and not getting my prayers answered. And this brought up your need for a five-phase evacuation plan like we talk about in our free survival guide, Survival Gear Secrets, that you can get at survivalgearsecrets.com. That would hopefully help you avoid ever having to face a scenario where you're humping a rucksack across the wasteland. And in episode 139, I told you about my experiences in surviving with stragglers and dead weight. And that was a story that helped reveal how to plan an evacuation where you're also protecting those who who may not be as strong as you. Like if you have children or grandchildren or the disabled or the elderly. But today's episode starts with not just one story, but literally hundreds of stories that I've had the misery of experiencing almost every week for many of the 10 years in the infantry that I had. I'm talking about the dreaded road march. Now, we've talked about in a bug out scenario where you have to get from point A to point B, how your bug out bag needs to fit and be comfortable. But not a lot of people talk about how to take care of your feet. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm not going to promise you that this is going to be the sexiest broadcast that I've ever done for you. But depending upon the scenario that you're in, this might be the one that could literally save your life. Again, depending on the scenario that you're in, okay? I mean, after all, if you think about it, your feet might be the only form of transportation that you have to get you to safety, right? But do you know how to take care of your feet, especially when you're at mile number 11 in a 25, 30, or 50-mile trek to your destination, or even longer? So hopefully you never have to experience that. But in case you do, I do have some secrets that I've learned the hard way that are going to make that trek I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but it at least make it possible when you have no choice but to keep on going. And it's all coming up right after this special message. 
In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and we're back, and I'm here to help you prep your feet for that long bug-out trek that I hope you never have to experience in a disaster. And actually, today I have five tips for you that I promise you, I promise you, are really going to make a huge difference if you ever have to actually put your bug out bag on your back and go from point A to point B to get there safely. Okay. All right. And it all starts with tip number one, which is the right fitting boots. Now I'm going to start out by telling you that your two biggest enemies when you're walking any sort of a long distance are moisture and friction. Okay. So moisture basically makes your skin more vulnerable. If you think about like if you've spent too much time in the pool or the ocean or whatever, how you get your, your fingers get all pruny, like you, you, they become very moist, they get all wrinkly, and they're very, very soft. And when that happens, your skin is more vulnerable. When it's soft and supple like that, think of it as the opposite of having a callus on your, on your hands and things like that. Like if you work with your hands, if you're in construction or anything like that, you know that your hands become really rough and rugged to be able to take that punishment, right? Well, when there's moisture, those calluses, even if you do have calluses, those, those loosen up and they can, they can come off. And, and if you are not used to walking a long distance and don't have calluses on your feet a lot, then basically that moisture that you experience with your feet from sweat or from water or whatever it might be is going to make your skin softer and it's going to, it's going to increase the, the chances of blistering, which brings us to the second enemy that you have, which is friction. So friction is what causes your feet to create a callus, or it starts out actually as a blister. So if you, let's say you just started working construction, or you were working on a project out in your yard and you start working with a shovel, your your hands, you know, the, the first thing that happens is you get these blisters going on if you're not using any sort of gloves or anything. So those blisters eventually end up popping, the skin is really raw and it hurts, and then eventually if you keep going, then it's eventually going to, your body's going to say, okay, I realize that you're going to keep screwing with me over here. So I'm going to build up these hard calluses to help protect me. Well, when you're on a road march, those blisters that are caused by moisture and friction 
are what are going to stop you in your tracks. And I've seen this happen. It uh, happens a lot of times with the stragglers and dead weight that we talk about. So, but you, you've just got to keep on going on, right? So I've learned the hard way how to make sure that those things hopefully don't happen and what to do if they do happen. It all does start with the right fitting boots that you have that are going to decrease the the amount of moisture that you have, but also are going to avoid the friction. So if your if your boots that you're going to wear are too big for you, your feet are going to slosh around in them. It's going to be moving around, and that creates friction as a friction as opposed to a pair of boots that are tight enough where your feet are snug in there, but they're not too snug where it's cutting off circulation. Okay. So you really do, like this is an area you don't want to skimp on. You don't want to just go over to the local sporting goods store and go down the aisle and start at the the lowest cost hiking boots that are out there. There's a reason why they're the lowest lowest cost hiking boots. The the seams might give out on you and then you're you're flopping on down the road with the soles coming off or or the the uppers with the stitching around the uppers are coming apart. Uh, they might have wear points on them that are that are not really well designed, so they they start creating friction where you really normally wouldn't have friction, or you definitely don't want friction. So you really want to invest in a good pair of boots. In fact, you want to invest in two pair of boots, and you want to use both of them. So oftentimes when we went out, we would ha- we would bring two pair of boots with us because if one pair got too wet or something like that, we had a second pair that would allow us to keep marching on. And and again, I've in the time, uh, especially in the light infantry when I was with 10th Mountain Division, we would do anywhere, usually it was uh, seven miles a week just for fitness. We would typically on a Friday do a seven-mile road march just to be able to keep our feet realizing that you need to stay hard, you need to stay strong. But oftentimes we would, anytime we went out into the field, we would always start off by, by marching out into the field, marching around in the field and then marching back. And especially we would also do a 100 mile road march. And that's where you really learn the secrets, being able to go a long distance, especially carrying a backpack on your back and having nothing more than just your, your LPCs or your leather personnel carriers to get you there. Okay, so you really want to make sure that you uh, that you have a good pair of boots, that you invest in them, and that you get some use out of them. You want two pair if you can, and then just wear them often enough so that you can break them in. Because I can tell you, a new pair of boots are always going to have friction in them. It takes a while to build them in. So wear both of them casually around town or whatever so that you can break them in and the first time you use them is not the like when you're in a disaster scenario okay now i can tell you if i mean I know a lot of people are going to ask me like what kind of brand do i use i've always worn merrells but i can tell you that i have not been a fair fan of merrells lately my the first time that i started wearing merrells maybe like four or five years ago or so i loved them they fit great they were super comfortable i could go a long time but i, I don't know what they've done with their production but I find that the seams are wearing out more now and they're really uncomfortable after a very short time period. So what you do want to do then in that case is you want to replace the foot insole. And this might happen with any boot that's out there. Um, although a lot of them come now with like a memory foam insole and things like that. You want to be able to wear them long enough so that you can find out whether or not the sole is really going to be comfortable. The, the Merrells that I currently wear, are they started off really comfortable. But the soles, the insoles just kind of gave out. I would say after maybe a month or so of actively wearing them, 
and I had to replace the insoles. Now, this happened even in the military because combat boots are not typically all that comfortable. At least they weren't when I was in. And so we would always go and get really good insoles. In fact, some people that have high arches, and this brings me to your specific feet, if you have high arches, you might need to put an insole arch in there to be able to uh, give you extra lift in there to make sure that your feet aren't getting stress fractures or anything like that. So really pay attention to the comfort, long-term comfort that you have with a pair of boots that you have and adjust them with insoles to be able to help you be, um, be a little bit more comfortable in there. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, if, if anybody out there, I'm looking to get, get outside of Merrill's now. Like I, I want another brand. So if you have a tip, like I'd like to hear on the blog, just go ahead and go over to modern combat and survival. Dot com And this should be episode 140. And if you go in there, I think it's 140. It's a 140 or 141. But when you go in there for this episode, make sure that you um, leave me like, what's your tip? What have you found to be the most comfortable boots that are that are really good for for hiking and will will, will work? Uh, and I'm not talking about combat boots. OK, I don't again, you don't want to look like a soldier out there. So I do recommend hiking boots. So what do you recommend wearing out there? I'd love to get some some tips from you and, and see what my next purchase is going to be. Okay. All right. Tip number two isn't the most manly tip that I'm going to give you if you're a guy. If you're a woman, this is not really going to matter at all, but it's pantyhose. So again, we want to eliminate friction as much as possible in our feet. And we used to wear pantyhose when we road marched as the very first layer that we have over top of our feet. And over top of that, sometimes we even put a pair of dress socks, like thin dress socks that you would normally wear for business attire. We would put that over top of the pantyhose and then a, a pair of wool socks. And, and the military used wool because if it's, it doesn't, doesn't matter even if it's wet, it's going to keep you warm in the wintertime, especially like 10th Mountain Division. Like I said, it's, you know, we were, we were, we we're typically, you know, I think we get one day of summer and the rest of the time there's like six feet of snow around us and it's freezing cold. So, but um, so we used wool. So but th but the thing here is that with pantyhose, with or without dress socks over top of them, what it does is it creates the friction that happens from the boot to your sock to your foot has a, a barrier in there where the friction happens on the outside of the pantyhose and not against your foot. So it really helps eliminate a lot of that friction that's going to cause blisters on your feet. Okay, so you always want to make sure that you have have pantyhose, uh, a couple pairs of pantyhose inside of a bug out bag. Now, what I do with my bug out bag is one of my outside tactical pouches. Now, you know, we use I use the X-Bob. We custom designed our X-Bob or extreme bug out bag uh, for a disaster collapse crisis, crisis scenario. And it does it is tactical, but it doesn't necessarily look tactical, but it has that outside tactical pouch has an eight inch tactical pouch and inside of one of those pouches, I put everything that I need should I have to go on foot to another scenario. So I always have pantyhose inside of that pouch. All right. So that I can always change it out and I can, you know, if one gets a, a rip in or tear in it, I have another pair that I need to go to. They weigh, it weighs next to nothing. That, not, I say that it weighs nothing, frankly. Okay. <laughs> so pantyhose works really, really well for this type of a scenario. Okay, so throw some pantyhose in there. That's your first layer. Then you put socks over top of that. Then you put your boots on. All right. Tip number three is you want to, if you 
if you are marching, I say marching, I'm going to use military terminology here. Okay. So if you are marching to your, to your next objective, you want to stop every 45 minutes. And part of that is to give your body a rest, but it's really to take care of your feet. And this was really required when any time that we were on a long road march and we would stop every 45 minutes Go, get off the road, get off, off, get off of our route, just put plop on down on top of our rucksack and take off our boots, take off our socks and air our feet out. So what this does, your feet are naturally going to perspire as you are walking along. What this does, it allows you to go ahead and air out your feet, give them a break, first of all, because you've been marching on them for, for a while. It does give them a break, just like if you were in the gym and if you were working out with weights, you wouldn't just keep bench pressing for half an hour, right? Like you stop, you give your body a chance to recover, build up a glucose again, uh, glycogen in your muscles, and and be able to give you energy for that next set that you're going to do. Well, the same thing happens with your feet. You want to give your feet the opportunity for a short break to recover so that you can go even further. Those breaks are going to help you continue on because you're not going to just destroy your feet all in one setting until you just can't go on any longer. So every 45 minutes, you want to plan a stop. And what you want to do is you want to take off your boots, take off your socks, uh, air your feet out, rest them, all right, um, and just make sure that you're taking care of them, okay, and you're changing things out. So, so that brings us to tip number four. So while you're on this break, what you want to do is you want to have some foot powder in that tactical pouch like next to your pantyhose uh, as well. So again, this is to help um, dry your feet because that that powder is going to is going to absorb the perspiration that's already on your feet. And I can tell you there is there is I'm telling you, there is nothing I think in this world that feels better. It's better than sex. Is just having a long road march, taking off your boots, taking off your socks airing them out and putting foot powder on, it's like, oh my God, it's just, it's the best feeling to have nice, airy, cool, dry feet when you've been marching on them for a while. All right, so you want to make sure that you do have foot powder in you in a, with you in a small container so that you can put it on your feet and air them out. And, and when you put your socks, okay, you're going to change out your socks. So you don't want to use the same socks. You want to you want to take your other socks, maybe even tie them to the outside of your of your pack so that they air out and dry out. But you want to have a second pair of socks inside of that tactical pouch as well. Pull that out, and you're going to put your new socks on. So you're going to put your new pantyhose on. You're going to put your new socks on, and then over top of your powdered feet. And that's when you put your boots back on before you get going again. So you want to rest for about 15 minutes. And that's how we planned it. For one hour, it's 45 minutes of, of marching and then 15 minutes of rest, recovery, and relaxing your feet and then prepping them for the next 45 minutes. Okay? Um, okay, so that was tip number four. Tip number five are the two M's. Okay, so despite your pantyhose, despite your foot powder, Eventually, especially if you're not doing this on a regular basis, like you are a, a, an infantry soldier, is you are going to get blisters. And if, again, it's just like if you, if you've ever had a blister, maybe on your feet, but if you've ever had it on your hand from working in the garden or anything like that, you know that when that blister comes off, that's, it's like, it's raw. It's not raw skin. It's raw under your skin. It's raw nerves. It's raw. And it hurts like hell. 
Now, it's not too hard to deal with when it's your hand, but when it's on your foot and you still have another 15, 20 miles to go, it's excruciating. It's excruciating pain, and it can literally stop you in your tracks where you can't go any further. I've seen this happen with soldiers before, okay? But in a survival, now, in a, in a training scenario, that's somewhat fine, I'll say, okay? Because if somebody just can't go any longer, typically what they do is they switch them over to tennis shoes, which people make fun of them, or they just go inside of the Humvee and then they can no longer road march and you still get made fun of. So there's a lot of peer pressure there. But in a survival scenario, you don't have a choice. You've got to get you and your family or whatever to your safe zone. So when you do get a blister and that skin gets really raw, or if you start to get a blister, you need to know how to take care of it to be able to minimize the damage, and it is damage, and be able to keep on going, okay? So what it comes down to are the two M's, and that's moleskin and Motrin, okay? Um, so basically, <clears throat> when you have a blister, and you notice that it's forming, and you'll notice this at, you know, when you take your 40, your 45-minute your break there, you take your break for 15 minutes. If you notice a blister forming, you want to inspect your feet. If you notice a blister forming, you want to take a needle, and you want to lance the blister so the water comes out of it. You want to lance it at the very base of it, where that, that blister, like, meets your skin. You just want to poke the needle in. You won't feel it because there's no, there's no nerves in the skin that is on top of the blister. So you lance it, you drain the, the water out, and then what you want to do is you want to put moleskin on it. Now, if you don't know what moleskin is, you can look it up online or you can get it, you can get it at any drugstore or anything like that. And essentially, it's like a really thick bandage that's sticky on one side. You peel the, the back off of it and you put it on. But there's a way that you have to put it on. And the way that you do that is you want to cut out a, a like a circular piece, because typically, you know, blister is going to be circular. You cut out a circular piece that is about um, a half an inch, a quarter to a half an inch, no, not a half an inch, about a quarter of an inch uh, larger than the blister itself. And then what you do is you cut out a hole in the middle of that with your scissors that is the exact size of your blister. So essentially it's going to look like a donut that you're going to put around the blister. Okay, you want to put this around the blister. So the first thing you do is you want to make it that sure that you dry your feet off. The, uh, there's no more water inside of that blister. You don't take the skin off of the blister. You just lance it, get the water out of it, and then you'll, you'll, the top skin will collapse back onto your skin, which is what you want to do. That kind of like acts as your, your natural bandage of your, of your skin. But you leave that on. You don't take that off. You make a moleskin donut that goes around that part of it. And then you take another piece, uh, so you stick that on around it. You take another piece of moleskin, the exact same size as that donut, and then you put that over top of it. So that's going to keep the, like basically if you just slapped a circular piece on that blister, eventually it's going to rip off that skin because of the, the wear and tear on it, and it's going to rip it off, and then you've got raw skin that you're dealing with there. So you just want to make sure you make the donut first, then put a complete undonated I made that word up and I'm sticking with it. An undonated moleskin uh, piece, that exact same size on top of it, that's going to protect that, that blister skin from being ripped off. Okay. And at, again, there were times where in long road marches, we might have five, six, seven different blister zones on our feet that have moleskin on it to keep us going. Right. And, and it, and it really well, it really will help keep you going. And then of course, Motrin. 
Okay, so you want to have some sort of pain reliever, some sort of painkiller inside of your uh, inside of that ta same tactical pouch, and this can help for your body, but also for your feet because it's just going to eliminate that pain. You've got to keep going, and you need to eliminate that pain so that your body doesn't sense. Your, your feet might be in pain, but if you are taking Motrin, then essentially that blocks the pain signals to your brain, and you don't really know how much damage is going on down there. And this is where you really need to keep going. Now, I won't even tell you how much Motrin we popped like on a 100-mile road march, but I can tell you that our best friend was the company Medic that was with us that had a giant bottle of Motrin. And when it, things started getting tough, we would just pop Motrin and just keep on going. But I can tell you that it was necessary, and I don't know what we would have done without it, okay? All right, so those are the five tips that are going to help you take care of your feet when that's all you've got to be able to get you from point A to point B safely, all right? Now, next week, I've, I've really saved the best, or it actually might be the worst story that I have uh, for next week. And we're going to get really serious about the reality of surviving a worst-case collapse scenario. Plus, I'm going to have a special announcement for you that I really I can't wait to share this with you. I'm really, really excited about this. And it's a way that our organization is going to be making a big difference for my fellow brothers and sisters in arms and how you can be a part of it as well. And it's all coming up in next week's podcast episode. So stay tuned. And until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying, prepare, train, and survive. Been modern combat and survival. survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>